Hello, everybody. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection. This is episode number 69. Nice. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Citro, as usual. And this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, you will notice if you're watching the video in the YouTube channel that there are no guests here. And uh, that will also be the case for the audio people that listen to the podcast. I thought I'd do something a little different. I've gotten some questions over the last few weeks from some listeners. And all right, I'll be honest, I forgot to ask them or answer them on the podcast. So I thought what I would do is I'd gather a few more up. And so I put it off for a few weeks. And now I'm here to answer all those questions. It's like an Ask Me Anything mailbag edition of Michael's Record Collection. So uh, I thought I would just spend this one episode telling you uh, the answers to the questions you have rather than, uh, you know, sprinkling them in here and there, especially since I forgot for a few weeks. So that's on me. I apologize. I'm glad that you care enough to send some questions. And these are questions, uh, all the ones I got are about music. They are all about concerts and uh, bands and records and that kind of thing. So I thought I would just spend some time with you and make this all about you. You are actually my guest and you're interviewing me so that's a little different that's a, a different setup than we normally have and i appreciate those of you who watch the youtube channel who download the podcast and who read the newsletter if you don't know how to do any of that stuff you can do all of that through michaelsrecordcollection.com so if you just go to michaelsrecordcollection.com uh, there are links to sign up for the free e-newsletter it's in your mailbox once every week i do not spam you and, uh, you know, that's a little bit different than what you get with the podcast and what you get with the video. That's It's more of, I guess, more album review-ish than it is interview-ish, uh, you know, whereas the podcast and the video are basically just always interviews. And the video is raw because I don't have a lot of video editing skills and I'm using freeware. So it's very unwieldy to try to do too much to those files. The audio, I will make nice. <laughs> I will take out a lot of the ums and uhs and smacking sounds that my teeth make and things like that. So anyway, there's a little peek behind the curtain. But yeah, go to michaelsrecordcollection.com. You can sign up for the e-newsletter uh, with the link there. It'll take you to my Substack, and then it's very easy to sign up for that. You can get the podcast anywhere, like any of the podcast apps should have Michael's record collection. I would appreciate it if you subscribed and then it will automatically download every week. And every time there's a new one, you'll get it immediately. You won't have to wait for it. And, uh, and that's always good. And of course the video channel here on YouTube, if you would uh, subscribe, like, and all of that stuff, uh, that helps me too. So thank you that uh, to everyone who's done that already. So uh, the one last piece of business I do want to mention is I do have a Patreon. I mean, come on. Everybody that does a podcast has a Patreon these days, and I'm no different. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection, you can check out the different tiers, and there's different benefits for different tiers, and you can find one that works for you. And it's your opportunity to support independent content creation. And you know, most people just do a podcast or just do a newsletter or just do one thing. I do three things. I do the video, I do the audio, I do the written. So some people like to read, some people like to listen when they're in their car or working out or whatever. And some people like to waste time on YouTube. So there's something for everybody, I think. And trying to be all things to all people might be a fool's errand, but I'm giving it a shot. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of crossover, but I think there are probably some that, that do more than one thing. Let's get to the questions. And I am going to start with a couple of my Patreon supporters. Love my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. It's very humbling to uh, think that there are people out there in the world that want to support what I do and uh, and enjoy and enjoy what I do enough to want to, you know, give me a couple bucks. It's, it's really, it's as low as $2 a month. And if you get any kind of enjoyment out of anything, isn't it worth $2 a month at least? I mean, in this day and age, we don't get to enjoy a lot of things, and, and maybe that's a pessimistic outlook, but uh, certainly we don't get to enjoy very many things that cost $2 or less a month. But again, if it's, if it's not something within your means, it's perfectly fine if you want to keep getting it for free. 
Anyway, first question, uh, first set of questions, actually, from Patreon supporter Scott Pringle. Scott, I've known for quite a long time. We've we've met, uh, I think we met about uh, 2004 on various uh, message boards, including the Spock's Beard message board, if you know the, the progressive rock band Spock's Beard. Uh, I was uh, on that forum, Scott was on that forum, and we met, and we've met up a few times in person at progressive rock festivals, uh, mostly in the Philadelphia area, but we did also go to Three Rivers Prague Fest in Pittsburgh, uh, so we've been to a few festivals together. We've even you know, shared hotel rooms at some of these festivals to save some money. Scott's a good guy, and I appreciate him being a Patreon supporter, and Scott wants to know, uh, well, the first question is, could you elaborate on the process and hurdles you face in putting together an episode, ideas, finding contacts, research, scheduling, equipment, logistics, editing, etc. Scott, thanks for the question. The process varies. There are lots of different ways to go about uh, setting up interviews. I don't want to get into some of them because uh, I don't want to encourage a lot of other people to do some of the things that I've done. Uh, most of them are just through the artist publicist and a lot of emails back and forth to find uh, a time uh, when it will work for everybody. Uh, the main hurdle for me is I got to make something work around my regular job work schedule. That's not easy to do. It can be tricky, especially when people live in other time zones, in other countries. The hardest one I had to set up was with uh, Shane Howard in Australia. That was difficult, but uh, we got it done. Sometimes I got to get up early. Sometimes I got to stay up late. Uh, sometimes I have to come home for lunch, uh, for my lunch break from my job. So there's a lot that goes into the scheduling and there's several hours a day that I can't do it. And that's cost me some, you know, various interviews in the past when, when people aren't available at, at the times that I can do it. So that's, that's rough. But if I had enough Patreon supporters, <laughs> I could quit my regular job and I'd be home all the time. I could do it any time of day. So that's that's basically the, the biggest hurdle that I have. So my equipment's very simple. I finally invested in a good microphone. And uh, so my if you go back and you listen to my earlier podcasts or videos, they're not going to sound as good because I'm using the laptop built-in microphone. It's fine, but it's not great. And so hopefully this one sounds much smoother, much better. I've also refined the process uh, of making everybody kind of get to the same volume level. That's not uh, easy to do sometimes with some of the connections we've had, but uh, that's a challenge. But everything I do is freeware, editing the audio, freeware, audacity, uh, editing the video. I've got two different video programs, one that I use to trim the video and another one that I use to add like the, the front plate and the back plate. I don't know what, I don't know terms, so I don't know what they're called, but basically it's my logo to start every video. And then there's an, an end card that has uh, information about how to uh, sign up for the newsletter uh, at the end. So I use one for one thing and one for the other because they're very easy to use for those specific purposes and neither one of them is good for both. So, uh, but again, all freeware. That's really it. I don't have anything else much that I do. I had to set up a Substack account for the e-newsletter and you know, I had to have a YouTube channel obviously and um, hosting the podcast I hosted on Podbean. So it's, it was an inexpensive, uh, pretty much problem-free service. So that's what I went with. Well, whether I stay with them or not, I don't know, but they just charged me for another year. So I'm there for the next year. Scott, second question is if you could go back in time and do an episode with any performer at any time in their career, who would it be when and why? That's a great question. And my first initial thought there is too many to mention, but I will, I will narrow it down for you, Scott. Probably David Bowie or Freddie Mercury at any point in their careers.
Because I think they'd be fascinating interviews. And of course, now that they're no longer with us, that's that makes me immediately leap to them, uh, two of my favorite artists. And uh, But I guess if I'm being true to myself, uh, the holy grail of all interviews would have been Neil Peart, drummer from Rush, just after the final tour. love to have picked his brain about his fantastic career his amazing drumming and uh just i've read his books i've read his lyrics he just seems like a very uh interesting guy and somebody that i might be able to relate to uh so it would probably be neil peart and sadly now that he's gone i'll never get to meet him so that's a bummer sorry i'm gonna bring it up again now um since we just brought it down scott's final question is what drives you to do MRC. Uh, Michael's record collection is something I do just for the fun of it. Uh, really, it's a hobby. I, I love to talk about music. I love music. I mean, I used to do a radio show for 10 years uh, over the internet, started off at the dividing line, went to progrock.com. And I just couldn't keep doing that radio show that I did for so long. It was every Friday night. It was four hours of playing music, which I loved that. I loved hanging out in the chat room, loved talking to people about the music and sharing that music with people and turning people onto new music. But the problem was the four hours every Friday night when you've got a family and also you've, uh, you're spending another hour uploading uh, the podcast or, or basically it's an audio file. It's the same thing as a podcast, essentially. We called it an archive uh, to the website. And then I also because I didn't have my own web page once we moved over to progrock.com, I created my own website. And, and so I would put my playlists on there and I would do some blogs and some music reviews, concert reviews, album reviews, even DVD reviews and my year end awards. And so it, it just was too much of a time suck. This is, this is a lot of work, but it's not as much as the, as the radio show was. And I was doing blogging anyway. I was doing a blog. Uh, I had a website called michaellikestowrite.com, but it's gone now because I've replaced it with michaelsrecordcollection.com. And most of my blogging was about music, my you know some lost gems, uh, music that I used to listen to that that really kind of flew under the radar, like something like I don't know, the Spies. She can't wait. like that you know so lost classic songs like that and my favorite albums which i do still do that with uh, with the blog with the with the e-newsletter uh, i still do 
on Michael's record collection, some of my favorite albums that we just did Pat Benatar's uh, precious time in the last episode. So things like that. And I figured, well, I'm doing this, all this writing about music anyway. And I just converted it to an e-newsletter from a website because websites are kind of, I don't know if you know this, but they're kind of a dying thing. People like their content delivered now, or they like to get it through apps where it's like just something they can scroll through. So I went the e-newsletter route and I thought, Maybe I can make a living at this if if it catches on. It has not caught on yet. Uh, but uh, at the time that I, I took it to a newsletter format, I was out of work. So I figured I'd give it a shot. And um, I never really got a chance to get it, uh, like do any advertising or anything like that. But um, then I went to back to work. My, my work called me back. So that was good. But the bad part of that is that I didn't get to spend as much time uh, promoting and marketing it as I would have liked to, but that's, uh, that's what drives me to do it. Uh, I I love writing about music. I love talking about music. What's better than asking the artists who make such great music, how they made it, why they made it. You know, I love it. And uh, the newsletter was going really well, I thought, and I was having fun doing it, but I was leaving all this stuff out. You know, you can only quote so much in uh, in the newsletter and all of the stuff that I was talking to these artists about was going it was getting wasted so I started throwing up the videos on a YouTube channel and said well if people want to see the whole interview they can go and, and get more information and then I actually started embedding that video in the newsletter so anybody who gets a newsletter also gets the video and then I thought well who has time to sit and watch their computer or watch their phone for a half hour to an hour for these interviews why not turn it into a podcast and so that was the third sort of prong of the trident and that started i started doing those last june and i went back and did all the old interviews and uploaded those as separate uh separate episodes so here we are at episode 69 thank you scott for the questions the next up is another patreon supporter david rowe dave Full disclosure, another friend of mine, Dave and I work on a soccer uh, soccer podcast together, a soccer blog, and um, I've known Dave since, mm, I'd say, 2015 or 16, so yeah, good amount of time. Uh, Dave asks, uh, what were the first three concerts you went to and or your top three concerts? That's a great question. Um, And I actually had to look part of this up. I, of course, remember my first concert. It's not one you could forget, even if you've been to thousands of concerts. My first concert was at a place in Ohio called Legend Valley. It's an outdoor venue, and it's basically just what it is. It says it's a valley. It's a big hole with a stage on one end. So it's like um, it's not even as nice as the outdoor sheds are that, you know, are all across the country and all look the same. But uh, Legend Valley in 1984, uh, I wasn't allowed to go to concerts. My mom was a nurse and she only, only thing she knew about concerts is that the people that came through the hospital from them, either because they were overdosing on something or maybe they got in a fight or got stabbed or something. So I wasn't allowed to go to concerts until I graduated from high school true story. I know a lot of my friends went to them, but I could not. So in 84, the summer of 84, after I graduated, I went to Legend Valley and I got to see the Scorpions. headlining a an incredible bill with three other bands the special guests were quiet riot fast way and kick axe so i got to see those four bands on the same day that was my first show and it was fantastic and i think i still have some some hearing damage from that concert my sister's friend uh actually um is in a family that uh, they're a vendor at the uh, at the venue so they 
<laughs> and there's good money in it, but it sounds funny. They're in the Porta John business. So uh, they got uh, area VIP area uh, passes. They gave them to us. We got in. We went in the VIP area, which is to the right of the stage, right up against this huge wall of speakers. So I just got pelted with sound for, I don't know, five, six hours, whatever it was. And this is all heavy metal, and it was very loud. And Carlos Cavazza's guitar for, for uh, Quiet Riot, uh, Matias Jabs' guitar for the Scorpions, and uh, Fast Eddie Clark. I mean, those guys just assaulted my right ear all day. And I know from going to the doctor that my right ear is not my strong ear. So I think just right from the beginning of my concert going experiences, I did damage to myself. We didn't know about ear protection back then. So, you know, but it was fun. That was number one. Number two concert I went to was Sammy Hagar with special guest Dawkin. And that was a phenomenal show. And Sammy actually played for three hours. This was in Columbus, Ohio at the Ohio Center. And he played, uh, he said he played a little longer than normal because the last time he had come through, he had to cancel the show. So whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I know he played three hours. Dokken played about 45 minutes and it was a great show. And afterwards, uh, my friends and I who went to the concert, some guys from high school that I went to high school with, we went, uh, we tried to work our way backstage to ask Sammy if we could join the road crew. This is a true story. Uh, we made it past about two checkpoints. And then at the third one, a security guard stopped us and we explained, hey, we're here to look to ask for a job. And he probably just kind of inwardly rolled his eyes at us and just he just left. He said, uh, OK, you guys wait here. I'll be back. So he left. And while we were waiting there, another security guard came and kicked us out. So we uh, we didn't get to go on the road with Sammy. Uh, who knows what life would have been like had that happened? Uh, where would life have taken me? I don't know. But um, either this guy didn't want to kick us out and went to get somebody else who did, or he really was going to go ask somebody if we could have a job or talk to somebody about getting a job. So I don't know. We'll we'll never know. The third concert, I had to look this one up because I didn't remember the order of some of my early concerts, uh, but I knew those were the first two. Concert three was REO Speedwagon, again in Columbus, Ohio, with special guest Cheap Trick and both bands were fantastic. It was just a phenomenal night of music. trick was unbelievable as they always are REO Speedwagon was on top of their game and uh that was 1985 so those three shows all were within um I'd say about eight months of each other so some pretty strong shows to start my concert going career uh top three is hard really a hard question um probably the first time I saw Pink Floyd on the momentary lapse tour because that was in Cleveland at the Cleveland Stadium and they played all of Echoes, and I don't think they played Echoes very much longer on that tour. That was phenomenal. Uh, Paul McCartney in Cincinnati on the in the uh, Flowers uh, Flowers in the Dirt tour, amazing. Um, it's just a fantastic show. And 
I saw a double bill sticks in Kansas with sticks. Uh, they had reunited. Dennis DeYoung was with the band and Tommy Shaw, the whole, they were doing the return to the paradise theater and Kansas was amazing as well. Uh, they did, I think all of point of no return on that tour. So fantastic show that was. And I mean, just so many, uh, so many good shows, a lot of festivals. Um, I saw Kiss on the 96 reunion tour. So I'd say that's probably a good selection to, to choose from for the top three concerts. Although I'm sure I'm forgetting some that I should be mentioning. I could probably do a whole show just on that. Uh, Dave also wants to know, what are your favorite guests you've had so far? All right, well, three guests leap to mind. I mean, I've been really blessed because not very many of the guests that I've had have been lifeless interviews. I think everybody's been fantastic. Everybody's been very accommodating. Most people have talked to me much longer than I expected. I never really plan for more than a half an hour. And several of them have gone well over an hour. And uh, so that's pretty fun. Uh, but the ones that leap to mind, Dennis DeYoung, because for me, especially early in my run of Michael's record collection, he was just an unbelievable get. I just you know, he had put out an album on Frontiers, and I was getting Frontiers um, promotional stuff from their publicist. And I just asked, and he said yes, and set it up, and it was great. I mean, Dennis, I actually had uh, did set that up for the middle of the day. I left work, I came home, I did the interview, and we talked for so long. I thought I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I'm going to get fired. I got to get back to work. I actually had to end the call myself. Dennis and I might still be talking if I hadn't. It was phenomenal to get inside his mind. And um, you don't really interview Dennis. He's a real force of nature. He just kind of tells you the stories. And, you know, you you, you ask questions when you can. But it's it was a lot of fun. Uh, another one that I – it was a recent one, Maya Wynn from Envy of None, uh, the band that, you know, Alex Lifeson of Rush is, uh, is part of now. Uh, she was just – lovely to talk to just delightful she was one of my favorite people to talk to so far and gil moore from triumph i just was a huge triumph fan i it was a big thrill for me to get a hold of gil and he was he was so canadian he was just so apologetic because the first time we were supposed to talk uh he was a no-show and um I, I can't remember he just forgot or something and or, or got busy at the studio metalwork studio and he was so apologetic. I mean, he must have apologized to me 15, 20 times. And he did the interview in his car because he's he's losing his hearing. And he hears better in the car. So that was kind of cool, actually. It was neat. Those were probably my favorites. But I, I like I said, I, I haven't had many bad experiences. So uh, thank you for the question, Dave. Now we've got mostly emails from here on out. I'm going to start with Max in Detroit. I guess this is someone named Max that lives in Detroit. I don't know. Uh, or maybe just a, a, a fun handle that Max has. Max asks, what was the first record in Michael's record collection? And do I still have it? Okay, well, my first record, actually my first three records, uh, I got for Christmas the year that I got my first stereo. I think I was in about fourth grade. It was a Sears stereo with a turntable and AM, FM radio and an eight track tape player uh, and my first three records i got at the same time for that christmas and they were all ktel records uh, one the one i played the most was goofy greats because i was a kid i was like in fourth grade uh goofy greats was a collection of novelty songs and like chewy chewy uh, yummy yummy one two three red light i mean there was Snoopy and the Red Snoopy versus the Red Baron was on that. Alley Oop was on that. My Green Tambourine, I think, was on that. It was <laughs> I played it a lot. <laughs> I was a kid. Uh, the other two were just rock uh, compilations from KTEL. One was called Out of Sight, and the other one I think might have been called Hit Machine. I forget. I don't have them anymore. They're long gone. My first record collection went bye bye about ten or fifteen years ago which it's amazing I held on to them that long because I didn't have a turntable for a long time before that. I think I didn't have a turntable from 96 on. I just was completely into, 
I had converted to CDs by then, but I had a ton of cassettes. So uh, didn't have any need for my records or my eight tracks anymore, but I don't have them anymore. <laughs> I wish I did. Uh, but let's face it, they wouldn't be, a, they wouldn't sound very good. I was, a, I didn't take good care of my records. I didn't know you were supposed to clean them. So they never got cleaned ever, not one time. So I'm sure they didn't sound very good. <laughs> They'd be in terrible shape. So uh, literally never been clean. Thank you, Max, for the question. All right. Next question comes to us from Justin Finley. Justin didn't say where he was from. What's your favorite band and favorite album? My favorite band is Genesis. I love Genesis, all eras of Genesis, even, yes, even Ray Wilson era Genesis. I love all the Genesis. Uh, my favorite record by that band is Duke. love so many of their albums and I love so many of them really close to the top really very little separation selling England by the pound trick of the tail and Duke are all very very close for that number one spot but it's Duke Jeff P wants to know who are the best newer bands you've discovered good question Jeff uh, I really dig Mammoth WVH which sounds like a cheat because Wolfgang Van Halen uh, that's his band, and they've been rock uh, Wolfgang's been rocking for some time now. So uh, I don't know if that counts as new, but I mean, it was his debut album, and it just came out last year. So I would say Mammoth WVH probably counts, and he put on a great live show. So love Wolfie. Uh, I also like uh, some bands that came out recently. Plush, an all-female hard rock band, very very good. Uh, Mason Hill is a band from Scotland that I have talked about in my newsletter before. Uh, they are really, really good. And Envy of None, which is, uh, you know, it's there are three Canadians in the group that are music veterans. Uh, and, uh, and Maya Wynn is relatively new to the scene. She's a solo artist as well as, as fronting Envy of None. Those, those are my favorite newer bands that I've discovered recently. Thank you, Jeff P. All right. Andy in the UK, I got, I have got foreign listeners, foreign viewers, you know, people that don't live in the United States that enjoy what I do. That's, that blows my mind. Andy wants to know who is a must see that you haven't seen in concert yet that is still touring. And who did you never get to see that is either gone now or the band broke up? Good question. I just talked about this last week on the Pat Benatar episode because I never have seen Pat Benatar play <sighs> to my chagrin. Uh, I've never seen Iron Maiden and I feel like that's a band that I have to see on this tour. Uh, hopefully they'll all stay healthy and I can see them on this tour because I have never, for whatever reason, I've never gotten a chance to see Iron Maiden and I love me some Iron Maiden. I've never seen Pat Benatar, as I mentioned. I've, there's a few bands like Journey that I would have liked to have seen until they changed like a key member and then just didn't seem that important to me anymore. And as far as who I've never seen uh, live that I would have loved to see that are no longer with us, well, Queen, because Freddie's not with us anymore and I'm not into the, the Queen with uh, Adam Lambert or I think uh, Paul Rogers did some stuff with them. But I, I mean, it's good in its own right, I guess, but I would have liked to seen the original Queen and Triumph, uh, I never got a chance to see Triumph live. And those guys are still around, but the band's not been around for quite some time. So I'm sorry to have missed them. 
Uh, and I have seen Fleetwood Mac before, but just before the tour, Lindsey Buckingham left the band. I have loved to have seen that classic lineup, and I never got a chance to do that. So thank you, Andy, in the UK. I'm losing my voice. Okay. Uh, Toronto Steve. That can't be your real name. Toronto Steve cannot be your real name. But that's how he signed his email, and I couldn't make anything <laughs> out of the email address. I couldn't figure out a, a name out of that. It was like, I guess it's some code or whatever, something that means something to Toronto Steve. But Toronto Steve wants to know. Uh, what are some obscure bands or songs that you wish more people knew about? That's a great question. Uh, I wish more people knew about Tony Carey. Uh, some people know that he was a keyboard player in Rainbow. I love Tony's solo stuff. Um, some people might know that he's the driving force behind Planet P Project from the 80s. Uh, but his solo stuff and his Planet P stuff is fantastic. I love Tony Carey. I've been a big Tony Carey fan for many years. Wish more people knew about Tony. should have had a much bigger career than he did just i'd love to have him on the show so if you know tony carey uh give him my email address or michael's record collection at gmail.com that's you can pass that along to tony uh another one is martin briley love martin briley i talked a little bit about him also last week because he co-wrote one of the songs on uh, precious time on pat benatar's precious time album with uh, neil giraldo and um I think in the U.S., not enough people know about Marillion. I think they should have been bigger here. Uh, and other other bands from uh, overseas that have maybe had one or two hits here uh, that people didn't really give the time of day. Radio just kind of froze them out after their first hits. Uh, Big Country, Ice House, and Aha. I love those bands. They're not very widely known here. I think people know who they are. They know one, maybe two songs. But most people don't know just how great their catalogs are, and uh, that's a shame. I talked about Shane Howard earlier. Talked to him from Australia. He used to front a band called Goanna. Should have been giant, giant band. A should have been bigger, better known, bigger band. And these guys, the Connells, they had some hits in the '90s on on alternative radio, but they are so good. And I just got to see them live. Not too long ago, I had to drive over to Tampa and see them at this little uh, uh, barbecue place of all things. But uh, it was a nice little venue and I enjoyed it. And I got right up against the stage, which was cool. So those are the bands, songs, just too many to mention. I, I've been talking about this one a lot today. So I'll just mention She Can't Wait by The Spies. Love that one. That was a fantastic uh, song. They had a video for it. It was on MTV. So that one I'll mention. Thank you, Toronto Steve. All right. Uh, next question comes from Kim P. Wait a minute. Kim P. Are you related to Jeff P? Uh, Jeff P asked the earlier question about the newer bands. Kim P asks, what is your favorite format to listen to music? Well, I love the experience of vinyl the most. Love the experience the most. It's just the tactile experience of holding that record, putting it on the platter, dropping the needle, uh, holding the liner notes, looking at the artwork, uh, reading the lyrics sheet. I love the vinyl experience. There is nothing that sounds as good as a clean vinyl record 
Uh, but I have to admit, I listen to CDs more often than any other medium because they're so much easier to deal with. I just pop them in and I could go about my business. I'm hands free. I don't have to get up and flip it over. Uh, so I do like that. And uh, I will at work, I stream all day, like all day long. I listen to, I used to listen to Spotify. I'm on Tidal now. So uh, the, the sound quality is a little better. So I'm on Tidal uh, during the day. And then I come home and listen to CDs and records at the house. So I need a new car with an old stereo. I need, I need a CD player in my car, but I don't have one. So I have to plug my phone in and stream it from my phone. Uh, thank you, Kim, for the question. Maybe write back and tell me if you're related to uh, Jeff P. Because you guys, if you guys are related, you guys don't have to write two separate emails. You could just send me one email. Both of you can ask your question. This one's just Steve. He just, Steve, not Toronto Steve, I guess. This is just a Steve who asks, how do you discover new music? It's not easy. And I know people say rock is dead because it's not, there's not been a rock number one song in a long time. There's not a lot of rock on pop radio stations, but there's a ton of rock out there. So what I've done is I've curated social media that will tell me about new artists. Um, I've joined several Facebook groups that are, that, you know, that discuss newer bands you know, bands that have come out since 2000. One of them has, uh, is nothing but nothing before 2010. So if anything that comes before 2010, that's not discussed. It's all newer bands. There's podcasters that I, that I listen to their podcasts and I find out about new artists from them. I listen to, uh, friends on Twitter, uh, that I've curated this nice Twitter feed of, of various podcasters, various artists, and any, but anytime somebody mentions an artist that they like, I, I keep a list. And uh, when I'm at work, you know, I always need a steady stream of stuff to listen to. I live, you know, I live, I feel like I live there. I work in a cubicle and a cubicle is a bad environment. It is a, it's a tough environment and there's a lot of distraction and I do a lot of writing, a lot of editing. So I'll throw on the noise canceling headphones and stream music while I work and so I keep a list on a, just on a Word document. Uh, actually, it's a Google Doc, so you can access it anywhere. And then I just rotate. I just go through and I'll say, okay, this is the next one on the list that I need to check out. This is the next one on the list I need to check out. And so that's kind of how I do it. It's uh, through Twitter folks that I know, podcasts I listen to, uh, and also publicity folks send me promo tracks. So um, I'll find out about some some new stuff that way. So a lot of that. And again, people that I follow on Twitter include artists and artists always talk about music that they like uh, on social media. So sometimes they talk about new stuff that I haven't heard of. So, and that's always fun to make a, a fun new discovery a, of a new band that you like. So thank you, Steve. And um, I don't, again, I don't know if you're Toronto, Steve, I don't know if it's the same Steve, but it's a common name. That brings me to my last question. This is from, uh, I, I don't think this is his real name. It's Jimmy Page Rocks. That's Jimmy Page does rock. There's no question about that. I don't think that's a real name, that that's your real name. And I'm pretty sure it's not the real Jimmy Page, but you never know. Jimmy Page Rocks asks, what record isn't in your collection that you have to have? And that's a fantastic question. And it's an easy answer. It's probably the easiest one that I've had on this show. And that is because I haven't yet replaced my long gone copy of Kiss Alive, the first record I fell in love with. You know, if you listen to the show, you know, I always ask the artists that I'm talking to, what was your first favorite record? And even though I got goofy greats and some of these KTEL records first, Kiss Alive was my first favorite record. And I had it on vinyl and it was an original copy and I wore that sucker out.
played the crap out of it. Of course, I never cleaned it. I left it on the turntable for days. Sometimes it wasn't, I wasn't really into taking care of things, but I, you know, it's long gone. It went bye-bye when my record collection, uh, when I got rid of that. And I, since I got my new turntable about a year and three or four months ago, I have been looking for a good copy of Kiss Alive and everybody, nobody seems to have a good used copy of it. And everybody seems to be out of the new ones. So I have to, I have to have that. That has to be in my collection. I just haven't made that happen yet. It's at the top of my list, Kiss Alive. And of course, many other Kiss records as well. At some point, I would love to have the Kiss Destroyer special edition, like the deluxe special edition. I would just buy the vinyl, but Stephen Wilson did the surround sound mix on, uh, I guess it's an audio DVD or Blu-ray, I'm not sure which, but I have to have that Stephen Wilson surround mix. And the only way to get it, I think, as far as I could tell, is it's in the super deluxe edition of Destroyer. So I need to save up a couple hundred bucks for that. That's it's pricey. Uh, and, and I, I, uh, I bought the special super deluxe edition of Rush's moving pictures recently, and that was even more money. So it's going to be a little while before I can afford to, to drop that kind of money on another, uh, special box set like that. So anyway, that's the one kiss alive. Thank you. Jimmy page rocks. Yes. Yes. Jimmy does. That's it. That's my uh, mailbag. This is my ask me anything, uh, for this episode of Michael's record collection. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was somewhat enlightening. I, I enjoyed doing it. And uh, ideally, if you guys uh, keep sending me stuff, keep sending me questions, keep sending me comments, I would like to just go ahead and read those as I get them uh, and answer the questions as I get them on the next podcast rather than doing a full one like this, because it's difficult. It's like you heard me. I, I mean, I had to drink water. Voice starts to go when I do that much talking. I like letting the artist do the talking or having a conversation. So it's back and forth and you get a chance to rest, but, uh, this wasn't bad. And I, um, you know, I had a lot of fun doing it. Thank you so much for those who sent in questions. If you want to ask anything, uh, please do. I mean, you can hit me up on my Twitter, just at Mike's records. And the reason that it's at Mike's records is because it won't let me do at Michael's record collection because that is uh, too many characters and it won't let me do at, Michael's records. I think that's one too many characters. I think it's at Michael's record. I could do that, but seems weird. So it's just Mike's records at Mike's records. That's where you can ask me, or you can email me. Like I said, Michael's record collection at gmail.com. I'm happy to do it. Uh, there's also a web, um, uh, form on Michael's record collection.com. You can send me questions through that. And it comes to my email and, uh, just, I would love it if you would uh, if you would reach out to me. Let me know what you think of this show. Let me know what you think of others, like the normal shows where I do uh, artist interviews and that kind of thing. Uh, I would love to have your feedback. You know, these questions are great, but I would love to know what it is that you would like to see, uh, ways that I can improve the show. Uh, I would love it if you would, you know, consider my Patreon, even if it's the two dollar a month level. Uh, every penny that I make is going to go back into this. So if one of your suggestions is to improve the production of the videos, for example, I would love to do that. I don't have the money to do it. So I would love to have special software where I can do special effects and graphics and things like that. Not special effects so much, but graphics and things like that. And I'd love to upgrade the, the, the laptop also. So uh, anything that I get has gone back into the show. Some of it has gone to purchasing music that I use in the podcast, uh, version, uh, because sometimes I don't have something and I'll talk to some artists like Carmine, a piece about stuff that he's done years ago, and I'll have to go and find, uh, you know, find some music to drop in. So, uh, that does happen sometimes. I mean, I have a pretty vast record collection a pretty decent CD collection, but by no means is it like all encompassing. So again, Anybody that signs up for the Patreon, you are just all stars in my book. And not just because it helps me and helps this show, but because it's, it's hard to, uh, to make it as a content creator independently. 
And so anybody that supports independent content creation is a hero in my book. But anyway, thanks to everyone who sent in questions. I enjoyed getting them. I enjoyed reading them. I hope you enjoyed listening to the answers. And I'm sorry if you, if you, you know, it's been three or four weeks since you sent in some of these, some of these came in three or four weeks ago. Uh, I apologize for not getting to them sooner, but now here it is all in one place, an AMA in podcast and video form. And uh, also this is going to go out. This will be in the newsletter as well. So thanks everybody. That's it for episode 69. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. Bye. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening.